Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. Thank you for the reading. Let's pray. Open to me, O Lord, the gates of repentance, for my spirit rises early to pray towards a holy temple, bearing the temple of my body all defiled. But in thy compassion, purify me by the loving kindness of thy mercy. Amen. So in one of my, and this will be clear why I'm using this example, in one of my favorite movies, well, I probably should say the books because the books are always better. So in the book, The Fellowship of the Ring, the wizard Gandalf, he's forced to take the fellowship into the minds of Moira. And Jeanette's looking at me like, really, you're going there? Yes. Just stay with me. It'll all make sense in a minute. In the movie, they give him a little bit of additional piece of dialogue, and he says, be on your guard. There are older and fouler things than orcs in the deep places of the world. And he says it's because they have a week-long journey through the deepest darkness that they'll ever experience, and they don't know what's lurking down in the shadows. And they're pretty careful until one of the hobbits makes some noise, and then they find themselves on the run. And this popped into my mind as I read the Gospel and the Old Testament reading while, while preparing for this. So let's turn to Job for a moment. So I'm just going to reread one part of the text, uh, verses 18 and 19. It says, While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon them, and they are dead. I alone have escaped to tell you. And this happens. Notice in the reading that, that Sandy just did, it says, one servant came, and as he was speaking, another one came, and as he was speaking, another one came, right? All of these things happened to Job all at once, like one, two, three, all in a row. And sometimes that happens to us, brothers and sisters. Oftentimes when things go wrong, sometimes it feels like it's just compounding, or it's just, it's just multiple things are hitting us at once, and we don't know what to do. We don't know how to re- react. We don't know how to respond. But in this part of the story, Job, we know, is wealthy, but we also know that he's devoted to the Lord. And we know that the devil says that Job only fears the Lord because the Lord is good to him and gives him stuff and has made him wealthy. So the devil attacks Job, taking away all of his wealth, as well as everything everything that he has, including his family. Job endures, though. He does not curse God, even though he did nothing to deserve the attack of the enemy. So what we have here is, well, let me start with this. So I've heard people preach this horribly. I've heard people say that the children were sinning when this happened, that they were getting drunk, and they were getting up to no good, and they were sinning. The problem here is the text doesn't actually say that. It doesn't say that they were drunk and up to no good. What we have here, I think, is a snapshot of people at ease, enjoying what they have. God has blessed their father and them, after all. And then calamity comes out of nowhere unexpectedly, and a tragedy occurs. It's probably worthwhile to note that while you're eating and drinking, what aren't you doing? Not really paying attention to what's going on around you. I'll give you a a silly example. So last week, 
Shantae and I had uh, a couple over for dinner. We ate some really good food, and then after we, we had dinner, we had dessert, we went over to the comfy chairs in the other room, and we were talking. And while we were talking and enjoying each other's company, what were we doing? We weren't paying attention to what was going on outside of the house, right? Maybe there was a noise, maybe somebody knocked over the garbage can. We weren't like sitting at the windows, like trying to so like, what's going on outside? We have to, like, trying to guard against everything. No, we were sitting with good friends and enjoying ourselves. Now, this is a silly example, and it collapses when pushed too hard. But you get the idea. They're enjoying good food, good wine, and good company, all of which are good gifts from God, and then unexpected and unplanned catastrophe. So when we look at the gospel reading, Jesus says, and I'll just read two verses here, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So here we get to the crux of the matter and why we have these texts tonight. Watch yourself, or like Gandalf said, be on your guard. Why? So our hearts will not be weighed down with the cares of this life. So what does Jesus mean here when he says that day? He's referring to his return. In the Apostles' Creed, we confess he will come again to judge the living and the dead. No one is going to escape his second coming, and no one is going to escape to being judged by him. Everyone will see it. Everyone will experience it, even those who do not believe. So in light of his second coming, which isn't just a time of judgment, but also a time of joy, of vindication, of renewal for the entire created order, he says, watch yourself. And then he repeats it by saying, stay awake. Not even just, he doesn't even just say stay awake. He says stay awake all the time, <laughs> at all times. Why? Because the cares of this life, as well as the sinful temptations of this life, they are powerful. When we are focused on our ease, on our possessions, our gaze becomes distracted. We become like the disciples who fell asleep when Jesus asked them to watch and pray with him in the garden. Jesus is not saying here we can't have good friends or enjoy times of good food and good wine. He's saying we need to be awake. We need to be on guard because his return will be sudden. Just as the wind hit the four corners of that home, his return will be like that, unexpected. No one will be able to anticipate it. The more in order I think our spiritual lives are, focused on Christ and his kingdom, then we will be able to have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place. This is why, brothers and sisters, Lent can be such a helpful time for us. Because our focus is shifted by our denying ourselves something linked to the cares of this life. Right? When we deny ourselves something linked to the cares of this life, and as we take up a spiritual practice to replace what we have given up, we find ourselves spiritually alert. We become a little bit more spiritually awake, a little bit more spiritually self-aware and prepared for when the ultimate unexpected happens, the imminent return of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And as he said, no one knows the hour, no one knows the day. And there's all sorts of things he says in scripture, like coming as a thief in the night, right? So what we're doing, brothers and sisters, is not giving up chocolate or something so we can lose some weight during, <laughs> during that leading up to Easter, right? We're not giving up certain foods so we can be healthier. I mean, that's a good side benefit, right, of giving up certain foods that are bad for us. But what we do when we give these things up, we are severing the connection that the cares of this world have on us. And to link it back to what I talked a little bit about on Sunday, when we deny the power that hungers have over us to turn us, then we put ourselves in a better place to hear from and to receive from God. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zionstone United Church of Christ. If these sermons have been a blessing to you, I ask that you take a few minutes and help us if you could. We've recently begun fundraising efforts for some repairs that our building really, really needs. If you could, go to our Facebook page, Zionstone United Church of Christ, or our website, zionstoneucc.com. You'll see a link to a fundraising page we've set up at GoFundMe, which I'll include in the description of this episode and all episodes moving forward. GoFundMe.com slash SaveZionStoneUCC. If you could help us out, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, please keep us in prayer as we go through this fundraising process. You can also, please, if you have some time, rate us on iTunes. And you can also find this podcast on Spotify as well. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you.